Welcome to the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Quinn, and together we'll go on a journey of self-discovery as we explore all of the inner workings of what it means to live an inspired life. Join me for solo episodes and conversations with special guests for real, authentic deep dives into all things yoga, wellness, self-love, mindfulness, and everything in between. If you're ready to get inspired, learn, grow, evolve, to connect, and up-level your life, then you've come to the right place. I am beyond excited that you're here, so let's dive in. Hi, my sweet friend. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast. If this is your first episode that you're tuning in, either way, I am so grateful that you're here and I'm really excited to share today's episode with you because I have Heather Castaño as my guest today and she is a licensed acupuncturist and clinical herbalist and she is my LA acupuncturist who I worked with for quite some time and I just absolutely love her. In today's episode, Heather and I chat acupuncture, stress, hormones, we briefly dive into the nervous system, we talk about tips for cycle self-care, Chinese medicine, the Chinese body clock, Reiki energy, tips for supporting your energy, why rest is so important, and so much more. I'm going to keep this intro short and let you just dive right into today's episode with Heather Castaño. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I love to start out my guest episodes by you just kind of introducing yourself to my community and sharing just a little bit about yourself and so that people who are not familiar with you can get to know you a little bit. Wonderful. Thanks. Um, So my name is Heather Castaño. I am an LA-based acupuncturist and clinical herbalist. Um, I have been I have a private practice here in West LA. Um, I pretty much focus on women's health and mental health support um, predominantly in my practice, although I do kind of work with people for um, anything that they come in with. Um, I do a lot of energy work. That's a big part of my practice. Um, So I do separate energy work sessions, but I also do energy work prior to every single acupuncture session, Um, just like a five to 10 minute energy scan, because I kind of love everything that we've talked about, like an intro session, but I want to actually see if I feel anything energetically that is going on. Kind of themes come up that we're talking about in the session but also sometimes it just gives a different viewpoint to what is going on and it helps me better inform the treatment to make it completely personalized to the individual. And then I work with them on with, you know, herbs or lifestyle recommendations or dietary recommendations. So yeah, I'm just here kind of as a holistic support. And that you are guys, Heather is my (laughs) acupuncturist and I love her dearly. She's amazing. You have the best energy to be doing this kind of work. So it all makes sense. Thank you. You have a calming energy about you. I mean, you start chatting with you and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, okay. Good, good, good. Well, I worked to get, to get the calming energy. (laughs) Oh, oh really? It doesn't come naturally. Well, I think it does come naturally, but I think like anyone who's been drawn to the healing arts, they did it kind of partly as a way to like heal themselves. Um, and so I think I experienced anxiety for a long time, but I didn't even know that that was the name for it. And I think I was drawn to Chinese medicine, to meditation. I went to India, I did yoga retreats, like all of these different things as a way to kind of learn more about myself and to learn how to 
balance my body and calm my mind. And so that I could then kind of share this with other people. Mm, Totally. Yeah. Yeah, That's so true for, for someone listening right now who doesn't know or understand what acupuncture is, what is it and how does it work? So it is a complete medical system. I always say, so it is like a different way of looking at the body. So one of my teachers used to always say like, you know, when you look at maps, there'll be certain maps that'll show you just like the cities, there'll be certain maps um, that show you like where all the mountains are, the hills and the seas. It is just a different map for looking at the body. I say I kind of can explain it in like an Eastern sense and in a Western sense. In an Eastern sense, we say that anytime there is pain or any sort of illness, it is when blockages or things are not functioning as optimally as they should, um, we have acupuncture meridians. And you can think of these like energy highways. And these are, they go from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. They connect to each other. They connect to organs. And so, like I said, anytime there's any pain or any um, imbalances, we use points on these energy highways to kind of send blood, send chi, send energy to connect to each other and to connect to the organs and to kind of help support everything flowing. Mm. And then in a Western sense, I say basically we're working on the nervous system a lot. So there's like um, the sympathetic, which is obviously like your fight or flight. And then you have your parasympathetic, which is rest and digest and the calm. Um, And so acupuncture, they've found that the acupuncture points on the meridians have like a higher concentration of nerve endings. And these create like a cascade of chemicals that help to like reduce cortisol and um, in some cases like decrease blood pressure and um, just balance hormones in general. So they don't actually totally know exactly how it works still yet in like from the Western side of things. Um, but the needles kind of affect the nervous system and just help to create a cascade of chemicals that help with um, so pain relief, decreasing inflammation, balancing hormones, reducing mm-hmm. stress, providing that like calm state. Yeah. yeah. Increased circulation too. And- Increased circulation. Definitely. Yeah. There's so many things. Yeah. So cortisol is the stress hormone. Yes. And yes. we want to try to keep that imbalanced, right. Or under control, right. So many of us, I think suffer from excess cortisol in the body. What can trigger that? And how does that affect our hormones? In fact, stress can affect everything. Um, and so basically you mentioned, I mentioned the sympathetic, the fight or flight, we are not necessarily chasing down like a tiger, but we can see that like that email from work or, you know, something else you have to do or a fight. And that still triggers the stress response in our body. And so you're just in a heightened state of stress all the time. And that impacts everything. Literally stress makes every single illness worse. And so acupuncture specifically helps to reduce cortisol, helps to get you into that parasympathetic, that rest, that calm, that digest where your body can calm down and heal. And the more you can kind of be in that state, it's helpful to balance your hormones. Hormones are like this orchestra that they kind of all need to play together and they're kind of always moving. They're always changing. And so many things can impact hormones, but keeping stress under control is a huge thing. Also, you know, sleep, adequate diet, keeping your like blood sugar, stable, making sure you're having a fiber so that you're able to digest properly to help fully kind of excrete some of the hormones. So 
the concept of balancing hormones is it's a lot kind of everything that falls into it, but there's mm-hmm. so much that can be done just um, kind of trying to live a more healthy lifestyle that can yeah. help kind of get that the orchestra to play to play better. <laughs> yeah, that was something that we were working on a lot, not just getting my stress under control. but my hormones and getting my cycle regular again and my skin too, which was deeply affected by my hormones. And there were so many great things that we did. And I would love for you to just kind of unpack that a little bit. Like what are some ways that we can utilize Chinese medicine or um, more particular well, yeah, Chinese medicine, because you, you talked a lot about different warming foods and different things that we could do. Mm-hmm. Remember you were or in herbs and yeah. maybe we can kind of just dive into that a little bit as far as how those can impact and balance hormones or, or kind of re-inspire your cycle to come back or get regular and all of that stuff. I'd say with any time you're visiting an acupuncturist, everything um, is completely personalized to you. Yeah. So they're working with you on what your specific imbalance is. So Mm -hmm. the acupuncture points that they're choosing, the herbs that they're choosing, even the dietary recommendations that they're choosing are all like specific um, to you. Some general ones um, just for women who kind of are menstruating, if you, or for anyone who is menstruating, if you're having a lot of cramps, like the concept of eating any, everything warm, keep all your foods warm. We like ginger in Chinese medicine, cold can cause things to constrict. So we want to kind of increase blood flow and make sure that everything is warm. So keep everything moving after you lose a lot of blood, as far as basically people who menstruate are particular, um, because they are losing blood. So we do need to replenish that blood. So some women can definitely be what we call blood deficient in Chinese medicine, which is not the same thing as being anemic. It's kind of a different quality, but we do want to nourish the blood and some of the best ways to do that is with, um, with meat, like grass fed, organic no! um, beef. No, I doesn't have to be meat, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, okay. okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be meat, but um, iron rich food was iron rich food, dark leafy greens, um, make sure on some sort of an iron supplement, um, you know, kale, uh, beets are always good to nourish the blood, um, blackstrap molasses. And there are also other herbal formulas that are really helpful to nourish the blood. So that's just definitely something to think about having some sort of protein just to keep your blood sugar stable is also really good, um, Mm -hmm. for hormone balancing. So it has to be animal protein, but that is in Chinese medicine, a very nutrient rich food. So we kind of love the concept of that and we'll encourage that, but it's definitely by no means necessary. If someone, I remember when you were like, would you consider (laughs) drinking bone broth? And I was like, no, (laughs) I know. I know. And you're like, what about fish? And I really thought about it. No, I can't. I just, if I want, if I, if I, if I have the taste, I always say this, if, and when I have the taste, I will eat it. I'm not like holding myself back from, from, um, having it, but I just, the thought of it just is not sitting well with me. And you have to, and you, you were totally like, okay, do you, yeah, yeah. There, Cause there are, there are plenty of herbs that can help to nourish yeah. it. And trust me, I was a vegetarian for like 15 years, but then I basically started working out intensely and was studying a lot, which in Chinese medicine uses a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then having really heavy periods and basically started like craving burgers. And it was, I was blood deficient in Chinese medicine. And so I remember one of my teachers being like, you need to eat a lot more meat. Or like you need to really nourish your blood. And that was at the same time that I was craving it. So for me, it ended up working out, but yeah, I'm always happy to meet everyone where they are. And um, there's no requirements, but basically just the concept of nourishing yeah. the blood needs to be kind of is important. So interesting. Also, I remember every session I would come in, Heather would ask me, you know, how I'm feeling. And I always would say, or like, you know, if I had any cravings or if anything came up and there were certain things that I felt like were silly to say. And, but then I would say them anyway. And you'd say, oh yeah, that's connected to so-and-so. And I'm like, whoa, like I would randomly crave red wine before my cycle. And I remember you telling me one time, and I people who know me know that I don't drink often anymore, but always around my period, I want red wine. And you told me what, that it moves the chi moves around, blood. right? Blood. Yeah. Always blood. Yeah. And it's also like warming. So it gets everything going. Yeah. I mean, Chinese medicine with food is they are, it's fascinating because they, things have an energetic, um, they're usually considered like energetically like warm or cool. Um, but then there's also like the physical temperature as well, but then there's ones that like nourish your yin or boost your yang or nourish blood or move your chi. Um, and so you really can um, do a fair amount with diet. And it is always interesting to pay attention to your cravings, I think. And also the beauty of Chinese medicine is so many things that you think might not have any, like to you, like they do not go together at all. Like when you talk to them and when you explain them to a Chinese medicine practitioner, they will be like, oh yes, actually this is this pattern because Chinese medicine is all about pattern diagnosis. So oh. um it's all about patterns. So it's putting things together. So sometimes if you have someone like gets headaches and then they have cramps and then they are really frustrated, really irritable, you know, that's like a liver cheese stagnation or say someone has like a ringing in their ears and kidney issue. Um, and so things that we ask usually on these questions about a lot of your different operating systems. So like, how are you sleeping? emotions um how's your digestion and we always kind of go into to a lot of detail on that because people only know what their digestion is and so we really kind mm. of lay it out with like what healthy digestion is and then kind of and that says a lot about how you're able to take in food and process everything how for women your menstruation so there's so so much that we go into to kind of really get a full picture of what is going on in your body and then try and how we can help balance it. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I also would love for you to touch on, I can't remember the exact name of it. I want to call it circadian rhythm, but I might be wrong, but you would tell me about how the, every organ in the body goes through a cleansing system throughout. Is it mm -hmm. overnight while we're sleeping? So can you explain that? It is um, the Chinese, the Chinese clock. Yes. So yes. every 24 hours is broken up into two different hour increments and it's all attributed to a different organ. So that is the time that the organ is kind of at its highest peak. And it's also, I always say it's also a really good way to kind of look at your day because it has like the different times that the organs are happening. Like the heart is around noon. So this is when you're supposed to be connecting and talking like as we are right now. Oh, perfect um, timing. Yes. <laughs> Long and large intestine are early in the morning. Long is like from three to 5 a.m., which 
interestingly enough, so many patients will come in and tell me that's the time that they wake up. And so sometimes if people are having something that's always happening to, at, to them in a specific time every single day, I might reference that clock um, just so they can gauge not only for like, so between three and five is the lungs. So maybe are they having, how's their immune system? Do they have any recurrent colds? Do they have recurrent coughs, anything like that? But also there's always an emotion that is tied with the organ. So the emotion of the lungs is grief. So I always ask them like grief and sadness. So it doesn't always connect, but sometimes it definitely does where um, like, are you process any, are you processing any grief, any sadness? Is there anything that you're working through? Sometimes, you know, that makes sense. And with the clock, um, we love to have everyone go to sleep before 11 p.m. That is the time of like 11 to 1, moving into kind of the liver gallbladder. We want to, if you can sleep before that time, it allows the body to more fully to more fully rest and to, for the blood to rest as well. Can you go through the different ones? So it's, you said three to five is typically the lungs. Yes. Yes. Three to five is the time of the lung. Um, so again, that is the emotion of grief and you just want kind of any sort of um, immune system issues, or um, if you have any sort of a cough, that's just pay, pay attention at that time. Five to seven is the time of large intestine, um, which this is letting go. It's also makes sense naturally. That is the time when most people have their morning bowel movements. Um, oh, right. So energetically, the concept of the large intestine is letting go. So sometimes if people are struggling with constipation, energetically, we're also working on the concept of being able to let go and release. Yes. Seven to nine is stomach. Um, obviously, when people are having their you know breakfast or ideally first meal of the day, and then nine to eleven is the spleen, and the spleen really governs our thoughts. So this is a really good time to focus, to concentrate, kind of do your high priority work that really needs a lot of brain power. As I mentioned, eleven to one is the heart. This is all about connecting. You should be eating, and but the heart in Chinese medicine is where the uh, the, uh, the shen lives. And um, the Shen is a combination of like the spirit and the mind. And so it's really nice that you can take this time to share lunch or talk to people during this time. One to three is the small intestine. Um, this is basically you are digesting your food. In Chinese medicine, we are digesting not only food, but also thoughts and the world. And it's kind of like how we process, right? Mm. Three to five is the bladder. And so this is again, good time for work and study. This is kind of kidney energy, which the kidney is the foundation for everything in Chinese medicine. It's mm. a very yin energy. And so with that, it's kind of a nice close to the, to kind of the work day five to seven is the kidneys. The element with this is fear. The emotion associated with this is fear. And so not that you're going to have, have fear at this time, Time. But it is interesting sometimes if people get anxiety to see like at what time in the night, like it comes in because sometimes people have their anxiety during the day. Other times um, it's in the evening for some people, it could be around this time or else obviously a little bit later as well. Seven to nine is the pericardium. This is the heart protector. So this is again, very, um, an emotional time, but a a time to kind of nurture your spirit. So as you should be doing kind of eating, engaging with people, do things that are lovely to yourself. Nine to 11, Sanjiao, and basically 
gallbladder and liver is kind of heading when we go into sleep, which ends at two or the liver ends at three. And basically this is when we kind of want to detox the blood, sleep soundly, um, rest. You really, like I said, want to be sleeping for 11 if possible. And those are your big cleansing organs, right? The, the liver, yes. right. And detoxifying yes. the body. And th- yes. that's important for us to be resting or sleeping during that time so that we can kind of reset. Yes, definitely. Very much so. And the spring is the time of the liver anyway, right now, this season. And so the energy of the liver is to kind of go up and out. And so you want to be really kind to your liver this spring season. Lots of greens are a really good way to nourish your liver. Lots of movement. The liver energy, because it kind of wants to always go up and out, it has a tendency to get constrained, which is that liver chi constraint, that feeling of frustration or anger or irritability. So really kind of moving and also recognizing that this energy is kind of an up and out, which I think it also feels like that right now with what's going on in the world. Right. Mm, Yeah. And the Chinese clock, I mean, thank you for sharing all of that. That is seriously so interesting to me. And I, maybe it's because I was going to acupuncture for so long, or maybe it's just my nature, but I love paying attention to patterns. I'm the type of person that is always like, what does this mean? What does that mean? I always want to find a deeper yeah. meaning to whatever's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's so with, many ways. Yeah. yeah. And so with the Chinese clock, then I guess maybe if there's something that's reoccurring or if you're like waking up frequently at a certain time, that's maybe an interesting way for you to utilize that to maybe is, is that the use for that? Definitely. It's, it's kind of, like I said, if something keeps happening to you at a specific time of day, it's good to reference the clock and kind of see what is going on um, with those particular organs. Um, Also, like I said, check in to see the emotional component. All of the organs are related to an emotion as well. Like um, the liver gallbladder, the wood energy, that emotion is anger. Um, You know, the lungs, like grief and sadness, spleen and stomach is like overwork, overthinking kidneys is like fear and joy. Usually it's kind of like excess joy, which seems counterintuitive because excess joy seems like it's wonderful, but sometimes excess joy can be akin to like a mania. So it's more, so yes, so it's good to pay attention to the actual physical, what is happening. And then also you can look into the broader emotional themes and see if any of those resonate with you. And then you could always speak to a practitioner too. I mean, our bodies are always giving us messages and signs. They really are. Always. They really are. You just have to pay attention. They are. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely do. And I think it's hard to pay attention to because it causes sometimes it causes you to actually have to really change your lifestyle and change things. And that's, that's hard to do, you know, Mm -hmm. but not sleeping very well, having digestive upset, having chronic headaches, having a lot of like menstrual issues, having chronic pain. Like these are all so many constant anxiety. There are so many different ways um, that your body is trying to speak to you. So if you can try and kind of piece them together and also just recognize obviously when something is, is not working, it's obviously great to go to Western doctors and get everything tested and checked out. Yeah. But there are certain times I hear all the time where they will say everything is fine, but like I am having all of mm-hmm. these issues. So, you know, Chinese medicine can be a really wonderful support tool to kind of help link some of the dots that you might not have connected. 
Yeah. Why do you check the pulse when someone comes in for an acupuncture appointment? So we always check the pulse and we used to pre-COVID always look at the tongue um, because it's another way to gauge what is actually going on in the body. Um, We're trained to recognize different pulses and what they mean in the body. Um, So if someone's pulse is say really, really rapid, you know, that could be a sign of heat. Mm. things like that. If it's pretty steady, if it's kind of has a wiry, really strong cadence to it, that's kind of like an imbalance in the liver energy. Um, if it's really kind of soft and really weak and you can barely find, it's just another way, but we do have to preface it with, you know, caffeine medication, um, stress, so many things can change the pulse. So that's why usually the intake and how we decide upon an actual treatment is, the pulse, we did always use to look at the tongue because that's one of the organs that we can actually see. And on the tongue, there's different parts of the tongue that correlate mm. to different organs. So like the very tip of the tongue is for the heart. The sides are for the liver and gallbladder. Immediately behind the tip is the lung and then the spleen, stomach, and then the kidney all the way in the back. Interesting. And so sometimes people, it's very interesting. And we look at the coding, we look at the color. There's so much to kind of help us inform how we should treat. Love that. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about cycles, women's cycles, and maybe you can give some tips for some cycle self-care, how we can better support ourselves through our monthly cycles or things that we can do to kind of work with our body versus make things worse. So I'd say while you are on your cycle, while you are menstruating, you know, this is naturally a very kind of yin time and you generally, a lot of women are very tired. So don't force yourself. Rest is key here. Rest, nourishment. Like I said, the concept of building blood. So really eating nutrient dense food, like grass-fed organic meats, if you can, bone broth is good. Soups and stews, anything warming is going to be good. And just uh, a lot of resting while you're actually on your period. And acupuncturists will always ask, like, are you having like what color your period is, is that can, obviously it's red, but there's like variations on that. If it's really, yeah. what is super bright red versus maybe dark Brown? Yes. So just a general, obviously we're not giving medical advice guys. You know that we're just sharing some general information. (laughs) We just throw that out there, but in general, what are those two things? Well, so you can have like color fluctuations are totally normal throughout your period, but Say, for instance, if your period tends to be the color is more almost like a purplish, like really, really, really dark, Mm -hmm. say you're having clots that for us in Chinese medicine would be an example of like blood stagnation and potentially cold. So things are not moving as they should. And so you might have a lot of cramps, headaches, things like that. Like a dark, deep red is kind of healthy color. If it's super, super bright, that could indicate some heat. You also want to pay attention to how long the period is, you know, if you're only bleeding for two days or if you're spotting, and we really use the period as an overall barometer to health. So that's why we'll ask a lot of questions. Like if you experience PMS, how long your periods are, if you have a lot of cramps, if you have um, breast distension, irritability, backaches, things like that. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, oh no, man. Oh no. I know my so, poor period guys. I mean, I was on birth control for 10 years and I lost my period after I got off of it. As you know, yeah, yes. And yes. I, well, my period is very sensitive. It took a, I mean, we got it back, but it t- did take some time 
to, to get it back. Yes. And that's why, I mean, birth control is, uh, is wonderful mm-hmm. and it's necessary for some people, but mm-hmm. definitely with the synthetic hormones, you are, sometimes it's been used as a band aid instead of figuring out what is actually going on with the body. So just to quickly get back to your question, oh, yeah, your sorry. question. Okay. so while, no, that's okay. So while you're on your period, just basically rest and nourish as you move into kind of the ovulatory phase, you have a lot of energy. So now is the time to kind of like, feel free to, to exercise a fair amount. And then leading up to you, actually your period in your little phase, a lot of women are going to be having potential PMS issues. And so what you want to do for this is just continue to do have light exercise um, or just exercise to continue to move the body again, nourishing the blood and again, really focus nutrient dense foods. I feel like there's so much guilt around slowing down in general and resting, right? Like I'm still trying to reprogram my brain to understand that rest is necessary. I teach it. I preach it. I understand, but it's so hard for me to put it into practice. But then on top of that, there's also this extra layer of guilt around needing to or prioritizing rest while you're on your period. Like we got to still show up to work take Tylenol, get through it. And it's like, I don't got like it, it, it stuff is happening. There's a big process stuff happening, happening in the, in the yeah. body. It's okay. And important to rest. No, you have to. And that's why, I mean, acupuncture is amazing because it helps to put you into that rest state. And for a lot of mm-hmm. people, they have a really hard time relaxing. They have a really hard time decompressing. So something that like physically puts them in a state where they do feel very relaxed is crucial. So the more that you can go with the flow of your cycle and your body and rest when you need to, um, it's all just about getting to know your body. And like Mm. you said, the body gives you symptoms. And when your body is telling you to rest, just rest. Yeah. But we're, we're obsessed with kind of productivity in this culture, but I think the pandemic was interesting because it forced a lot of people into positions where they could actually rest and they were feeling rested, but also equally stressed with everything that was going on. Yeah. And, and even if you, you know, restful activities, such as meditation, walking, like you can still do things, you can still be active, but just kind of take it down just a little bit. I kind of want to segue a little bit into energy just briefly before I let you go. I could talk to you forever, but how Reiki and that kind of energy healing, how that works and maybe some ways that we can support our energy independent of things happening around us. I know that that could kind of end up being a rabbit hole that we dive down, but if there's a way to briefly touch on it, I think that that could be really interesting. Yes. So I think people are more aware of their own energy and their own boundaries now more than ever. But if you are not the way that you can get in touch with it, I'd say anything that you can do to move your energy is a great way to help kind of keep your energy clean. So that involves dancing, exercise, walking, sex, acupuncture, basically just movement is going to help kind of clear off the energy. I teach a lot of grounding techniques with my patients. There's one where you kind of wrap your left hand around your waist and then your right hand over your heart. And you can just stand somewhere solid and just breathe in and out for a few seconds and just really use that as a way to reset and just get your place of calm. Some people like to use crystals if they want to try and kind of help protect their own energy, like something like a black tourmaline um, is really protective and shielding 
You can also use um, any sort of like Palo Santo or Sage and kind of with the windows open to obviously help cleanse. And then having obviously uh, having a meditation practice, I always try and encourage people to do it even if they just do it for literally like three minutes every day, if they can do it every day, it's almost better than doing one like 20 minute session a week. So it's really just a daily practice, um, but you can kind of visualize for some people, they visualize themselves kind of having either like a white or a pink, like protective shield where everything that is of the highest good can come in and everything that is of highest good can also go out but the energy that is not necessarily meant to be yours does not come in, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. I think we should all picture pink bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Are we surprised? I love it. I love it. I know you're actually not. Yes, you're not. In I know. <laughs> you know what is funny is people that spend a lot of time with me know this, that they always know when I'm on my period because I'm wearing all black. <laughs> you wear black. <laughs> I think instinctually oh God, I I'm always like, guys also, if you're listening to this, yes, I am on my cycle and I am in all black. And that is how, you know, <laughs> maybe it's because I just want to avoid like a pos. I've literally never bled through a tampon or, or a liner. So I don't, I don't know where this fear has come from, but I'm like, let's just avoid that. And, or maybe I'm just mourning, you know, we're, we're letting go. We're shedding. You're shedding. Yes. Yes. I just am instinctually led to wearing all black. (laughs) Well, but we do say, we say um, that the emotions live in the, in Chinese medicine. So the concept of the period is actually you're releasing, you know, so Mm -hmm. you're able to process and you're able to release. It can be, it can be a good thing, you know? you look at it like that. I'm definitely in my feels around and on my (laughs) cycle. I'm like (laughs) texting my mom. I'm like, FYI, it's time. She's like, thank you for the heads up. I'm like, just just so you know, I'm sensitive right now. Oh, I got to give everyone a heads up because I mean, I'm, it's better now, the more regular my cycle has gotten, the, the better it is. But, and I've also learned that like, I love this app. I use the flow app to track so that I can It's wonderful. Yeah. So I know when it's, when it's coming. And so I can pay attention to my schedule and know, like, don't take on anything too stressful. Don't overbook workouts. Try to give yourself a light week because I do want to try to honor my cycle, honor my body and rest a little bit more because I used to not, I'd be like, Oh, my period's here. Okay. Keep going as business as usual, but it never worked well for me. I don't think it worked well for many women, but I think that like, that's just kind of, it was like, suck it up. And this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And so and I think people are now, they're just trying to be more in touch with their bodies and, and then kind of your period actually shouldn't, doesn't have to be painful. Yeah, it doesn't. So, um, and so that's kind of the goal is for you to be able to have menstruation that is not hugely impactful to your day-to-day life, but obviously for many people, it still is. And so the more you can try and rest when you need to support your body with nutrient dense food and supplements, um, work with a healthcare provider, um, that can guide you on specific kind of supplements and herbs that can help with that there is possibility to kind of get your cycle back in balance. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. I'm going to, of course, leave all of your links and where everyone can find you down in the show notes, but I would love for you to just share where you're practicing from and what's the best way for people to contact you if they're interested in seeing you for a session or chatting to you about 
everything we talked about today. Amazing. Thank you. So yes, I am in West LA. Um, I'm on National Sepulveda. Um, the Instagram is um, Lilium Acupuncture. And then my website is Lilium Acupuncture. And you can, um, some people either DM or you can book directly online on the website or um, there's a contact form. You can reach out if you have any questions. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I hope you got something valuable from it and feel empowered to take inspired action. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I loved creating it, then please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from the podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. I always say that we rise by lifting others, and this is a totally independent podcast, so every little bit of support truly means so much to me. If you're looking for more, let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Shayla Quinn. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.